This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others, and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hey friends, and welcome to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica Anderson. I'm a Christian freelance writer, mom of two littles, and I'm passionate about helping you live out your best and deepest faith in everyday life. On this podcast, you'll hear from inspiring women, moms, and ministry leaders, authors, and more. Those on mission for God with a message to inspire you in your Christian walk, wherever that may be. Each month, I send out interviews, tips, book reviews, and exclusive giveaways to my email list. If you'd like to receive these things, just head to my website, ericaanderson.com, and sign up. My new book, Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women, comes out this January, and I want you to be the first to know all the details. Enjoy the show. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica, and today I'm so honored to be speaking with Johnny Erickson Tata. Thank you so much for joining me, Johnny. Oh, Erica, thank you, and a special greeting to all your subscribers. It's good to be fellowshipping with a lot of like-hearted women. Yes, and I have to say, Johnny, um, you I have been hearing your name, I feel like, my entire life. Uh, even as a kid, I remember seeing a book written about you, um, I think in the church library or something like that. And so uh, your name has been some a, a name that I've heard for so many years, and so um, over the years, I've I've kept up with your story and your ministry, but I got an opportunity to uh, get a copy of your new children's book, which we're going to talk about. And as I was conversing with the book company, I asked if you could do a podcast, if you were doing podcasts, and they said yes. And so I'm just so honored to actually speak to you face-to-face on Zoom uh, today for the podcast. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that there are many women listening who are indeed mothers, mothers of young children. So it means a lot to me that I have a chance to speak to mothers today about helping their children get their hearts gripped for heaven. How do you do that? How do you make that happen? So um, Erica, I'm pleased to be able to address that topic on heaven. Yes, absolutely. Um, Well, I'm going to step back a little bit just to give a little bit of your story for those that aren't familiar with you. Um, You were paralyzed in a diving accident when you were just 17 years old, and that has been sort of the story that has guided your life. And I've watched some of your testimonies on video and heard a lot of your speaking in the past. But one question I wanted to ask you going back to that place in your life was, um, you know, in the immediate aftermath of that, as you were coming to grips with it, how was your relationship with God in that moment? And how did you kind of hold on to him instead of letting go? Well, real quickly, and some of your listeners might know this part of the story, but right before my diving accident at the age of 17, I was near graduating from high school. I was going to be heading off to college in the fall. And I was doing some things with my boyfriend that I shouldn't have been doing. What can I say? I was living a little bit of a hypocritical life, and it grieved my heart. I did not want to uh, re-enslave myself to sin, but what do you know? On Friday nights, when you keep choosing the wrong thing, that's what happens. And so right before high school graduation, I prayed a prayer, and I said, God, I am making a shambles of my Christian life. I am saying one thing on a Sunday morning and doing quite another 
on a Friday, Saturday night. So would you please do something in my life before I head off to college and really mess it up? Would you do something in my life to grip it right side up? Because I'm wrong side down right now. I'm heading down a, a path to spiritual destruction. And so God, do something, anything. I give you free reign to grip my heart for you so I can really live for you as I should. Well, I, I prayed that prayer in the spring of 1967, and I had my diving accident just a couple of months later. And I'll never forget, Erica, I was lying in bed paralyzed, oh, not but a month or two after my accident. And doctors had just told me, Johnny, you're never going to walk again. You're never going to have use of your hands. You'll be a quadriplegic for the rest of your life. And I thought, God, how could this be an answer to a prayer to be drawn closer to you? This is not right. This is not fair. How could you have taken me so seriously? I don't know that I ever want to trust you with another one of my prayers again. And so at the onset, Erica, my relationship with Christ really went through a, a, a time of doubt, discouragement, and even bitterness. But looking back, I think it's because when I had first embraced Christ as my Savior, I just don't know that I seriously took his lordship in my life as, as a claim on my life. I, I, Jesus was somebody uh, to whom I would pray as though I were pulling levers on a vending machine. Um, Jesus was somebody that I pulled out of the back pocket of my Levi jeans when I had a need or a request or a petition. In fact, almost all of my prayers were petitions. And I think that my diving accident uh, was a rude awakening. It was a severe mercy. It was a bruising of a blessing from God because it was his way of, of getting me seriously thinking about the Lordship, his Lordship in my life and helping me understand that, uh, that true happiness, true joy, true delight and satisfaction is not based on your performance on a tennis court or whether or not you, uh, you know, you have, I don't know, the, the right job, the right home, uh, your children are obedient, uh, you dress, um, you know, just looking, just looking really great from the Banana Republic. No, no, er, er, true happiness is on the inside. It really, it really comes from that deep, sweet relationship with Jesus. It was a long time, though, before I finally embraced that. It took many prayers from many people, lots of hours in God's word, lots of wrestling to finally get to the point where I saw my delight in him and him alone. It took a while, but I got there. Yeah. And how long was it before you started writing and speaking and started your ministry? Well, the Johnny book, um, which uh, the 45th anniversary edition of that book is out this year. Uh, the Johnny book was written about eight, nine, 10 years after my diving accident. And I look back now and think, what gave me the right to say what I did in that book? What did I know back then? I was only 25 years old. <laughs> but, but I knew enough. I knew enough, Erica, um, to say to others that uh, I can't do quadriplegia. I can't. I have no strength for this. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Once I held on to that anchor from the word of God, oh, my goodness, my life just was transformed almost overnight. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I say that, but it took at least a couple of years before I, I started living out that practice. But honestly, Erica, I wake up every morning, even now, 55 years later, saying, Jesus, this is hard. Paralysis is hard. I can't do this. I, but I still can do all things if you would but strengthen me today. And Erica, he has never disappointed me. Not once has he been mean to me. He has come through with grace upon grace. And I have, I've seen over the years that I smile, not in spite of my disability, but because of it. It, it is what drives me into the arms of Jesus every morning, where otherwise I just might, might not be inclined to go. Yeah. Well, and I know your ministry has helped so many people. And as a result of what happened to you, so many people have been helped. What are, I guess, some of the coolest things you guys are doing as a ministry right now? Well, I should say that our ministry is called Johnny and Friends. I started it 43 years ago. And I started it, Erica, to pass on the blessings. Because I was beginning to experience so many rich, wonderful blessings, peace, joy, settledness of soul, um, contentment in my circumstances, total satisfaction in Jesus Christ. I was being blessed so much on the inside. I couldn't wait to get it out on the outside and pass it on to as many people as I possibly could, especially people like me um, with disabilities. And so uh, some of the coolest things we do to answer your question, Mm -hmm. we take wheelchairs uh, for children and adults with disabilities all around the world. We just delivered our 200,000th wheelchair, which always is accompanied with a Bible in that person's language. And we connect them with caring evangelical churches in their villages and towns. Uh, This is all across the world in developing nations. But also we hold retreats for families with special needs. This year we'll hold 36 uh, family retreats in the U.S. and 32 in developing nations. Um, and that's, that's pretty special right there. It's a great way to pass on the blessing of hope and help in Jesus Christ to others who are hurting. And most recently, as a result of COVID and what we discovered, um, we have uh, uh, started building Johnny's Houses. It's called Johnny's House. It's a disability center in a developing nation, which teaches uh, uh, young people with disabilities, micro enterprise opportunities, job skills, training, discipleship, Bible study, wheelchair repair for all those wheelchairs that we distribute. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's just a great way to make Christ real to these people mm-hmm. who otherwise are, are struggling in poverty and with a lot of hopelessness. Yeah, there's so many, you know, we hear so much about poverty around the world, but then add another layer. If you have a disability, um, it's got to be even harder to live. So what a, what an incredible ministry you guys have just internationally. It's it's huge. Um, so uh, I know one of the things that I discovered about you as I was doing my research is that you love to sing. Um, and actually, my mom sent me a video of you it was like a vi- compilation video of you and Shane and Shane singing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was so good. And honestly, I had not heard that song in so many years. And it used to be a favorite when I was a child. So I've been singing it all day now. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so good. And so I would love to hear you kind of just speak to how singing is um, just a ministry to you in your life and how God uses music to help you each day. Well, I sing my way through suffering. What can I say? I have to. I really do. And singing is especially helpful 
because when I memorize scripture, um, I sometimes put it to music, like in my head, I'll make up a little song if I'm memorizing. Just okay. like when we were kids. That's how- Just like we were kids. Yeah. Okay. I, I just finished memorizing Psalm 63. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Okay, I could go on and on, but you get the point. <laughs> and and that's such a great way to memorize anything. Oh, absolutely. Um, I was reading just recently, Erica, that when you set words to music, it, it, the rhythm and the syntax and the, the rhyme and the meter have a way of imprinting, impressing the words you're trying to memorize deeper into your brain cells. And it, it makes it a little, little, uh, a little more unforgettable. You just can't yes. so easily forget it because you've got that musical tune in your head. So that's what I do. And honestly, at night, uh, music, my goodness. When I can't sleep, and I, I have a hard time sleeping because after 55 years of, in a wheelchair and a lot of scoliosis, I deal with chronic pain. And so in the night when I cannot sleep, uh, believe me, I'm not anxious about it at all. I just use those times to sing to the Lord Jesus. And, uh, and let, let, let's see, the other night I was singing, Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out the greatness of thy loving heart. And I go on and on. It's just, it's just, it's just nice to have words of praise ingrained in your head as, as you sing. And in fact, I mentioned Psalm 63 uh, that I put recently to, to, to song. There's a part in Psalm 63 that goes, on my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Oh, wow. To, act, to actually be that verse. Yeah. Oh, on my bed, I remember you. I'm thinking of you through the watches of the night, Lord Jesus. This is so cool that I can embody your scripture. It's just it's so invigorating to my heart. It helps so much. It encourages me to fight the good fight and to stay satisfied in Jesus. So singing is a big ingredient in my happiness in the Lord. Yeah, singing is... I mean, it is, it is a, it's a happy thing usually, and there is something magical about it too, not just only for memorization, but um, it can really change and shift a whole mood or a mindset even. Bingo, bingo. That, I think what you just said there is it. It shifts the mood. It shifts the mindset. It ratchets you up a notch mm-hmm. out of your miry pit of discouragement and brightens your hope by fixing your focus on things that are pure, just, praiseworthy, true, noble, and right. Yes. And, and those are the things that uh, strengthen our faith, lift our spirits, and give us hope. Yes, definitely. Um, okay, so I want to talk about your new book, um, which is, as you said at the beginning, about heaven. And, you know, I, I was excited to share this with my kids because sometimes when you're talking about death with your kids, it, it's kind of hard because you're trying to explain this concept to them that's hard for even you to understand. Um, and so putting it into words like you did was super helpful. I've already read it to them a couple times. Um, so just tell us about the genesis of the book and why you wanted to write it. Oh, Erica, there used to be a time when, as a Christian, I would long and look forward to heaven as though it were, I don't know, this is where I'm going to get back everything I lost and more. And it was, uh, 
you know, all about me walking again, me having use of my hands, me being free of the confinements of my quadriplegia. And as a result, for me, heaven became an escape from reality. Mm-hmm. It became a, a psychological crutch. It uh, became a death wish, actually. But many years uh, passed until I finally re- realized that that actually, as I gained more of Christ and I delighted in him more and I enjoyed him more and I uh, was captivated by him more, that's when it dawned on me that heaven would not be the day of Johnny. <laughs> that's going to be the day of Christ. And sure, I'll get back use of my hands and my legs. But all those are simply fringe benefits of being invited to that wonderful party that's all about the day of Christ, the day where he'll be crowned king of kings and lord of lords. And right now, people don't see that. Right now, we live in a, in a, in a broken, sad, sorry, uh, discouraged world. And it's a place where the name of Christ is maligned. Um, people don't see him as the undisputed lord and champion of the universe. But I've become so captivated by it. I want children to be as captivated by it because I see that so many kids, when they think of heaven, it's, it's all about them. It's mm-hmm. all about eating chocolate chip pancakes for the rest of eternity and riding the biggest water slide in the universe. But I, I want to help children see that that heaven is not about all the cool stuff that they'll receive, you know, all the things that they will, quote, get. I want boys and girls to understand the truth about heaven and what the Bible has to say about it. And so over the years, I've learned a lot about our eternal home in Christ. And I kind of honed it all down into kid-sized language in this new book I've written for children about heaven called The Awesome, Super Fantastic Forever Party. And I do away with all the myths that so many boys and girls have about heaven. And in it, I talk about um, falling in love with Jesus and his heavenly kingdom. No fanciful myths about it, only what the Bible says about it. I want kids to grasp the, the glorious truth about our destiny and how they can prepare for it. Yeah, I was going to say uh, what you said earlier. It's not about them. Um, sometimes it almost it seems like you know we still we even have that mindset here on Earth about our faith, like it's all about us. And I've, I've heard it pointed out recently. You know, if you listen to older hymns, it's all about saved a wretch like me. And sometimes newer hymns are more like you know how great I am and how much God loves me, which is both true. But still, I think sometimes we forget that God is the point. <laughs> God is the point. And, you know, I'm going to pick up on what you just mentioned there. You know, sometimes we think we're so special in the eyes of Jesus. Oh, even if he, even if I were the only person in the world, he would have died for me. Wow. And what we're really saying is that my sins are heinous and wicked enough alone without anybody else's sins thrown in. My sins are wicked enough to warrant the death of, of the God of the universe. Mm-hmm. That's pretty humbling. Yeah. So, you know, it's not about me. It is about the grace and the mercy of God, isn't it? And to help children grasp that in our culture today, that's a challenge. Yeah. Because we're all about me, myself, and I. We're all about fulfilling our children's wishes. We unwittingly foster a, 
um, a, an attitude of entitlement. We don't intend to, but we do. We yield to our children's wishes. We, we have a hard time setting boundaries. So it, it's, no, it's no wonder that, that kids uh, don't think about heaven other than, well, okay, it's this boring place. And uh, well, maybe it won't be too boring if I can get what I want. Yeah. Well, that's why the title of your book is so great because, you know, calling it a party and um, you make it you make it fun, you make it relatable in a way that they can really grasp um, the concepts. And so I think it's so great. And I think I don't know right now. I just think there's like a boom for children's books to Christian children's books. And I'm loving it so much because you won't find those in Barnes and Noble necessarily. We, we're big bookstore people in, in my family. And so we, I, we would go to Barnes and Noble and not see a single book of, about faith. And so I've just been like ordering them online constantly and telling everyone else to do the same. That's wonderful. And, you know, uh, I think one of the questions that kids have about heaven is, will it be boring? Mm-hmm. Will it be boring? Well, you know, I, I, I think they probably wonder that because even the best scripture choruses, when you sing them often enough, after the 459th time, it does get a little boring. <laughs> and that, that's the way that we look at things and look at heaven from an earthly perspective. Um, you know, it, it's true. After a while, you're happy for good things to come to an end, even if it is the, the best of vacations. But in heaven, in heaven, self-forgetfulness will be second nature. Yeah, and, and so nothing will be tiring or wearisome or boring. Praise to God would only be boring if we were able to stop and look at ourselves to see how we're doing. Do I like this? How am I sounding? How am I performing? How am I coming across? Is this meeting my needs? You know, none of that self-awareness will be um, a part of heaven. Uh, it'll be unknown in heaven. There'll be no self-consumption, self-awareness, no self-consuming thoughts in heaven. We'll totally lose ourselves in Christ. You know, I, I, I shared this the other day with a friend. I was um, describing to them that portion of scripture in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, where the seraphim, these mighty angelic beings that attend by the throne of God, they are constantly, constantly, day in and day out, beholding God and saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of your glory. That's what they're saying constantly, never ending. And you've got to think, don't they get bored? But I like to think of it this way. I like to think of it that, that God, as they are beholding God, that he's like some, some, some diamond, that they behold some character quality of him. And it's, whoa, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, aren't you amazing? But then, before they get a chance to finish that sentence, God has slightly revealed another facet of his most amazing character, something they've never seen before. And again, it's, oh my goodness, holy, holy, holy. So it's a constant growing in awareness of how glorious God is. We're discovering, even the seraphim are discovering new things about him, never ending, infinitely the infinite possibilities of new things are just unlimitless. And that's why it won't be born. We'll constantly be discovering new stuff about God. We never, ever dreamed about him. And I can't wait to constantly be getting wiser in heaven. I'll get constantly getting younger, um, constantly more happy. Every day will be a new beginning. It's just I can't wait. I get so excited talking about it. <laughs> oh, well, 
Thank you so much for uh, spending a few minutes with us to talk about your book. I'm so excited about it. I encourage everyone to get a copy. Um, I just thank you for your ministry, for just everything. I mean, I can't say thank you enough for all that you've done in, in, in your life. And I know that you, all, you do it all for the glory of the Lord. Um, and I know that it has given so much strength and courage and hope to so many people around the world. And we are so blessed to have oh, you. Oh, fun. Me too. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you something, Erica. I know yeah. we're near the end of the time, but, time, but I want to say one more thing about for parents, for mothers, and yeah. you can edit something out if you want, okay. edit, whatever else you want to edit. But I've got to say this. Sometimes mothers ask me, well, Johnny, how do I grip my children's heart for heaven? And here's a practical way to do it. The next time your child has an, an aha moment, you know, standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon or, or seeing the ocean waves or a mighty storm crashing, and they go, oh, oh, my, oh, oh, immediately as a mother, connect that emotion with God mm. and say, that aha, that, that wonder, that wondrous sensation you're experiencing right now, that's a gift from God. Let's stop and praise Him right now. Let's thank Him for how you're feeling. Just get yeah. in the practice of, of when your child is overcome by wonder. And those moments happen, and, and they, yeah. are, they are indelibly imprinted in his heart. Just make certain that you as a mother connect that emotion with the Lord Jesus, yeah. and you will be cultivating in your child's heart a love for God and a love for heaven. That is such a great um, remark because I, I already sort of had that in my head um, because I know like they're experiencing these th so many things for the first time. And as their brains are forming and like so much is happening at these young ages to get, like you said, get those connections going. Um, and so I do that a lot with the sunset and the sunrise every day. And, and it's, and it's really given me a sense of wonder and awe for God um, and his creation in a way that I, kind of was missing for a while as I, as I rediscover this stuff with my kids. Oh, absolutely. You intend to do nothing but share your joy with your child and it end up, ends up getting multiplied. Exactly. You enjoy it as well. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. And I just am honored to speak with you today, Johnny. Oh my goodness, Erica, what a delight. And I wish you every success. And of course, a special blessing on all your followers. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. This episode was brought to you in part by The Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.